some of the best people I have ever met has been in because of recovery. Some of the best people I have ever met in my entire life, the most loyal, the most faithful, the, the most kind. Welcome. It's the AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour, featuring the collective voices of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm Don, an alcoholic in Greensboro, North Carolina. Hey, Don. Hey, everybody. I'm Sam, an alcoholic in Palm Springs, California. Don, how you doing? I'm doing good. I was wondering, have you ever had the thought come to you if I drink? No one will ever know. Okay, so... Yes. (laughs) It was weird. I actually got up one morning this week and went downstairs and had coffee and told Greg, my husband, about it. I had a dream years ago that he and I got drunk at our old house, the house that we got sober in. It was just a one-off and we were not going to tell anybody about it. It's like, hey, let's just have a little blowout and then we'll just keep on going like nothing's ever happened. He's in sobriety. Yeah, too, right? Yep, sure enough. And so that was the dream. And I, you know, I'm sure I talked about that way back when, when that happened and everything. We didn't do it, but it felt so real. Oh, yeah. This week, I had a dream about us having had that drink way back when. As if it was real? As if it was real. And it's just the weirdest thing. And it was just like, again, you know, there was this sense of guilt of like, oh my God, we did that. And, and, but we didn't tell anybody. We, no, we don't need to tell. And, you know, and then I woke up and everything was good, but it it really freaked me out to have this moment that, you know, here's that little subconscious drunk Sam saying, yep, you can do this and you don't have to tell anybody you've done it before. Well, those drunk dreams, you wake up from them and it's like, it's so real. I had a dream (laughs) one time where I got my sponsor drunk and his sponsor came up and we got him drunk. So (laughs) you're like typhoid Don in in recovery. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. But my sponsor said, if you dream of being attacked by a tiger, you didn't get attacked by a tiger. So, I mean, because sometimes they wake up and feel really guilty about the dreams. Oh, yeah. Um, Well, I was thinking of the time this wasn't a dream. I was uh, about five years sober Mm -hmm. and I was working. I'm a painter and I was doing a mural during the high point furniture market. So I'm working in this big showroom, working late. The furniture market was going to be starting the next week. So I had to put in those hours. So I was working at night. And the showroom had no one in it. Everybody left. I planned on working late, so I brought my dinner and I put it in the kitchen that they have. And I set that in there and then went back and started painting, listened to music, enjoyed myself, and then come back for dinner a little later. Sat down, opened up my lunchbox, got out sandwich and eating and looking around. So there's Budweiser and I looked over there and there's Heineken and there's Corona. And what, what had happened while I was working was the delivery company had come and delivered 700 <laughs> boxes of alcohol <laughs> of every type all around the room, a wall all around me, everywhere that I looked. And I was sitting there looking at it and so you know, If I were to open this up and drink one of these, no one would ever know. Mm -hmm. It was like alarms started going off in my head. 
And I called up my sponsor right then and said, you know what, where I'm sitting right now and described the whole thing to him. You know, I didn't feel like I was going to act on it, but it was certainly right there. And what kind of thinking is that? Of course, I'll know. My family will know. What I had to do was think through the whole drunk. <laughs> if I were to do it, what would happen? I wouldn't have the one beer. That never happened. And everyone would find out because I am a showboat. <laughs> Not you, Don. <laughs> Well, you know what hits me about that? The idea to take a drink doesn't pop into my head frequently at, at all anymore. But still, you know, every now and then it'll yeah. pop in. I am absolutely powerless over that thought popping into my head. But yeah. I have access to power in the next thought. What am I going to do with the second thought? Am I yes. going to entertain it? Or am I going to take contrary action? Am I going to dismiss it? Am I going, if it doesn't dismiss, am I going to call somebody? Am I going to pray? What am I going to do? I've got access yeah. to power in the second thought. Yeah. You know, the the really scary thought is, I, I can't say it on the podcast, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. The, <laughs> and we can bleep it out is, it'd be really scary if that second thought is, fuck it. Mm. Yeah. That's what gets us drunk. One thing that I know that I learned from failing at trying not to drink, if I do it, it's not going to work. Yeah. And, you know, I have heard many times over the years, old timers, especially talking in the rooms about getting a case of the efforts and that sending people out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, today we're talking to Jules V about their story in this month's Grapevine magazine. No matter what is this month's topic. And Jules' story is Sweet Rescue. That's in the February 2022 issue of the Grapevine. Let's see what Jules has to say. Uh, morning. My name is uh, Jules. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, um, um, currently reside in uh, Boise, Idaho. Jules, when did you get sober? My sober date is July 10th, 2019. Is this the first time you got sober? No, uh, I've tried several times. You know, sometimes it would be I'd go a month. Sometimes it might be six weeks. You know, a couple, 75 days, I think, was one of my quote unquote records. Mm -hmm. but then I would kind of uh -huh. go, okay, I'm doing okay. Maybe one or two. Oh, it's my birthday. I'll have just two tonight. Well, you know how that goes. Oh, yeah. You oh, yeah. Learn that lesson. Yeah. And That's the difference between alcoholic. Can't have to. No, I couldn't even leave a restaurant with any. If I had beer in the glass, I had to finish it before I even. Oh, left. yeah. I mean, that's that's ridiculous to leave anything. <laughs> and, you, yep. and, you, and you stare at other people when they leave and leave beer or wine and you're going, hey, <laughs> what are you doing? True. Well, Jules, were you picking a start chip up in AA? Were you doing this in AA and, and going back out or, or was this your struggle just with alcohol? Just the struggle. I was trying to do it on my own thinking, uh, whether you call it a delusion of grandeur or whatever going, I got mm -hmm. this, which is a phrase I don't like using too much because that just kind of like doesn't keep it real for me. For Which, me, I got this or yes. delusion of grandeur. Well, I got this because <laughs> yeah. once I say I got this, it's just kind of like it's nothing for me. I don't allow myself to think that because I need to keep myself grounded mm -hmm. going. You've tried several times and look what happened. There is no more two beers for you. I didn't go to AA. I didn't go to things that I should have. Um, I didn't really see what was going on around me that things were starting to spiral. 
I didn't recognize it. I tried going to a recovery and outpatient recovery place, but I didn't either a take it seriously, kind of sort of in denial still in. Yeah. Then I did the thing where I was comparing my story to other people. Well, I'm not as bad as this person. Oh, that'll mess us up, won't it? Oh, that was a bad mental state to be in a bad way to view things. And I learned that lesson rather quickly that your rock bottom might be different than mine and so forth, but a rock bottom's a rock bottom. Well, what what happened to you that made you just totally give up? I'm going to do this. I don't care what you people say. I'm going to do it because I can't do this alone. Well, um, I was trying to, and I was still struggling. And my wife at the time, we're now divorced, unfortunately. She stood by my side and tried helping me. And just, she had enough, basically. And she says, you have to go. Hmm. So I moved out. I stayed with a friend in his, his apartment. I was trying to do it and do it. So see what I'm doing for you. See what I'm doing for you. As things were continuing to kind of spiral more, I did the typical, I can't do this anymore. I'm losing everything. I almost lost my job. I'm losing my marriage. I've lost a couple of good people in my life because of it. I, I couldn't do this anymore. And I, I did the, the, the proverbial, I surrendered. Mm-hmm. And I just said, I, 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 I'm obviously, I can't do this anymore. And I dove into the recovery program full on. I took time off of work so I can go in there full time. I was basically there five, six days a week. Yeah. It's like a full-time job, you know, eight in the morning till five at night, you know, and mm-hmm. then my meetings afterwards or before and stuff like that. Was this a treatment center? Yes, yes, yeah. I didn't go to the inpatient because I was terrified of inpatient. So it's outpatient. Yeah, so I did the outpatient. Hindsight being 2020 with everything, I should have gone to inpatient. But I'm proud of the fact I still did it, and I did it on my own. Well, and it seems to have served you well. Yeah, I don't know that you did if you've done it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I did. Well, I shouldn't say I did it on my own. I, I mean, I did it with the help of my peers my fellow alcoholics and addicts, AA, so forth. You did a lot of work. And one of the biggest things that you did was let yourself get out of the way and let yourself be helped. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's what we do. Absolutely. So you got sober in July of of 2019. Mm -hmm. And so then eight or nine months later, here we are slapped with COVID. The pandemic. The pandemic. Yes, we've been pronouncing it wrong all this time. <laughs> um, and so then we get thrown up into the in person meetings or shutting down. And, I, you know, what happened there? That was a, oh my goodness, that was so tough because I'm a very, very social person. I need human interaction. We all do. Yeah. We got sent home. So we're working remotely. And it's just me and my and my dog now. It's you know, like I said, we my uh, wife and I divorced, so it was just me. I couldn't go anywhere, couldn't do anything. There were Zoom meetings. I, for me, I just didn't get as much out of a Zoom meeting as I do as sitting in those rooms, mm-hmm. because on a Zoom meeting, I'm sitting there staring at a screen. I'm not feeling the emotion. I'm not hearing and seeing the people tell these stories and feel like I'm part of it and be able to talk to somebody in person because once the zoom's over you click off and off you go is that still your experience with uh zoom meetings yeah i i yeah. tried when i go i 
Well, I understand. I know that that's Sam's experience with Zoom meetings too. Sam, you don't connect as well with them. I don't, but well, let me just say that for me, they work great. And I started a Zoom meeting as shivering denizens when the pandemic first started. Go to nc23.org to find that meeting. It's 5.30 Monday through Friday. But for me, they work great. And I just found it to be a slender read <laughs> that... Um, <laughs> A real lifeline for me during the pandemic. What was your experience, Sam? So for me, I jumped into to Zoom meetings at first and, and you know, kind of the novelty of it was cool and everything. But what I found is when the number of people attending got over, you know, let's say 12, that I might as well have just been listening to a podcast or to a speaker tape or something like that. But, and I want to note this to the, to our listeners, we're recording over Zoom right now. This is how we've been doing this throughout the pandemic. This I love. I love the connection that I get to have with people, especially all over, when it's just a handful of us in a Zoom meeting, because we do get to converse. We do get to have that closer, much, much closer approximation of being in person. But when it's just tile after tile of people, and especially when they're off camera and th or distracted or whatever, it just it, it doesn't work for me. And I find that I'm just kind of passively listening and not really even focused on the meeting. So Jules, carry on. If you found that Zoom didn't work for you, what happened? In my recovery, one of the things I, did, I found a lot of things that I lost of myself. I pushed off to the side for various reasons. One thing I have is a very creative side. I like to make things art. I write. I'm, I love photography. I dove into that stuff and I try to keep as busy as I can with doing all of those things. Yeah. So I dove into that because that's what kept my mind going and it kept me busy. Problem with that is it can only do so much before that, like you were saying earlier, the thinking about it, who's going to know? I literally live a quarter mile from a convenience store. I walk out my front door and I can see it down the street. Mm -hmm. Who's going to know? There's nobody here to hold me accountable. But as you were saying, I would know. And I kept saying, I'm, I'm not going back. I've come too far. I had to keep repeating things like the I am statements. Um, I dove back into, I'm reading the big book. Do you have a sponsor? Uh, not any longer. I don't. So I'm kind of in the finding. I used to have. But, all, I mean, at the time? Uh, at the time, I didn't because when it all first down, we couldn't talk very much and I couldn't see each other. We didn't have any place to go meet for coffee. You know, everything. You're isolating. Down. That was my problem. And I was isolating far too much. And then the pandemic, or how'd you call it? The <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> yeah, the pandemic. <laughs> the wall started closing in and I caught myself kind of going, okay, am I becoming the dry drunk? You know, there's a, a part of your article that I want to quote. Um, this quarantine isn't normal. This kind of isolation goes against everything taught in our recovery program. We are told to get out and socialize, go to meetings, get a support team, go see friends. This pandemic goes against all of that. And that just, I mean, you nail it there. And I was having a chat with a friend this morning and he brought up, I think it's the 12 and 12, one of our books, Big Booker 12 and 12 talks about when the war came and 
all of the the newly sober men who had gone overseas to war, would this program work? And it did. And we have proven to ourselves that this works even in that type of rough going. And my friend was talking about, you know, we've already got this proof that this works. But then there was a different point of view for me. And it's that it's the sustained onslaught of this pandemic that is Mm. so completely different from what was experienced in war then of here we are isolated and you can call it or get on, on your apps and have anything delivered to your home. So it is different. The isolation is built into it. But we have tools that they didn't have that are wonderful tools. Yes, we do. And the way to avoid the continuous onslaught of isolation is using the tools. So for me, it has really worked to both participate in Zoom. If I go to a Zoom meeting, I participate in the meeting. I don't just watch it. Mm -hmm. I have my camera on and I pay attention. It's just like in a face-to-face when you go to a speaker meeting. You can sit in the back of the room and you can walk out early or you can sit at the front of the room and pay attention to what's being said. And that has always worked for me. Plus, having a sponsor, making those telephone calls, being in touch. These are the things that protect me from isolating and being by myself, having a home group. Even if it only has to meet on Zoom, it'll be back in person at some point. You're sounding like an old timer over there, (laughs) but one that has what I want (laughs) because it works. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the, 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 that isolation. I've been sober since July, 2019. Congratulations. Thank you. I don't look too far ahead. I got to even, I got to get a sober time app on my phone that even tells me how many days, how many hours, how many, everything. And every Seconds. morning, yeah. And every morning at about, <laughs> I don't know, six o'clock, the phone goes off because it sends a message to me, you know, a different saying every day. Mm-hmm. Nice. The isolation is the worst part about this whole thing for alcoholics, for addicts, for anybody in general. But since 2019, in this part stinks bad. There's a total of 16 people now that I've either lost because they went back to their life of drinking mm-hmm. or using, mm-hmm. or they're no longer with us. 16 people in two and a half years that I've known. Yeah. That's a tough pill to swallow. It is. And I don't want to be that number. There you go. Yeah. And Jules, what are you doing now to stay sober? Well, what I do now is I. As I mentioned before, I got the dog. So I started getting back out and going to the dog park again with her so I could be around other people mm-hmm. and talk. And if I actually tell people, not right up high, I'm an alcoholic when I walk up first time, but in a conversation, I'll mention that, oh, I'm in recovery. Um, there's a, an Italian joint, my favorite restaurant, three favorite dishes I can no longer have because the sauces are made with alcohol or wine or ah, something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I can't. So the waitress is like, well, why can't you have it? And I said, well, I'm. I'm in recovery. I'm now, oh, you know, find out she is as well. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's, so, a, it's amazing how we show up. <laughs> it is amazing. I, there's a local restaurant here that everybody that works there is, my phrase is the second chancers, the people mm. that are in recovery that are, you know, trying to rebuild and regain their life. So I frequent them a lot because I feel at home with them. I could talk to them. We have a lot in common. And I found little by little by little, the more I discuss it with more people, the more I find them, there are more of us out there than people realize. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
that is comforting to me. Well, and there's another part of my experience in being so open about my recovery, and that is it's just a part of who I am. This is not a phase. This is not something that I'm trying out. It's not something I'm hiding. And my being so open about it gives me that much more of a barrier to me screwing it all up because so many people know that this is my life. Yes, it's exactly right. Folks, this is it. This is who I am now. I was really concerned when I had my start chip. And I went to a coffee shop and I was carrying my pocket and I needed to make change for a cup of coffee. And I pulled out my money and my chip leaped out on top, AA. And I was, I was <laughs> this wave of like, oh no, they're going to know that I'm an Alcoholics Anonymous. And I kind of gathered the other coins aside and put that in my pocket without saying anything. And the uh, barista said, are you an Alcoholics Anonymous? <laughs> Oh, uh, yes. She said, oh, that's the greatest program. My father was in Alcoholics Anonymous and it, it saved his life. He's always said she found it to be a real positive thing where I was looking at it as negative. Yeah. Yeah. That's the mentality. I think we all, I think we all have to go through. We have to it, yeah. embrace that mm-hmm. and kind of going, uh, you know what? Because that same exact incident happened to me at a store where I was mm-hmm. pulling out change and my coin fell on the counter and the guy behind the counter looks at me, looks at the coin, looks up at me, goes, you're a friend of Bill. <laughs> awesome. And he pulled it. Yeah. And I was like, yep. And we shook hands and, and lo and behold, he, which one do you go to, you know, whatever, where your home group. And he told me, so I started going there and cool. met a good friend and he's a really great guy. I you love know? that. I remember the first time I encountered someone because of their chip, I was, I don't know, maybe six, eight months sober and I was at work. And I saw a chip on a woman's key ring. And so we talked and it was just the coolest thing to be able to connect with somebody at work that was in recovery. This is how I look at it too. It's like, it's one thing to be in the rooms because you know, everybody's there and you can feel that's a safe zone. Mm -hmm. Everybody's in the same boat. I find more pride is when I meet those folks at a grocery store, you know, at a restaurant, at a home building supply store that just suddenly you're going, Hey, you're one too. And now I'm feeling like in public, I'm not alone. They're out there. The beautiful part about this is, is you wouldn't know from anybody from an executive to a FedEx driver, right? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't know. And I've no. done all sorts of walks of life and it, this hits everybody. It doesn't pick. We are people who normally would not mix. Right, Sam? Why are you looking at me like that, Don? <laughs> you and I are like oil and water. <laughs> I'm definitely the oily one. Oh. <laughs> are you calling me watery? <laughs> Here we go. Coin check. Oh, man. Mine's over there. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I got one. There we go. We got a rule 62 one. Nice. Rule 62. You sent me that one, Don. <laughs> Jules, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Jules. Oh, no. Thanks for inviting me. Hey, everybody, you can read Jules' story in the February 2022 issue of The Grapevine magazine, both in print and online. I need a divorce. 
I can't take it anymore, Judge. Do you have a good reason to bring this before the court? Yes. Every night, my wife is out until after midnight, just going from bar to bar. And what is she doing? Looking for me. (laughs) (laughs) It's really not that funny. Thanks for joining us. The AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour is posted every Monday and is produced by AA Grapevine, Inc. We don't speak for AA as a whole. We share the experience, strength, and hope of members to help others recover from alcoholism. Podcast info, including how to call in, is at aagrapevine.org slash podcast. Find AA Grapevine on Instagram and the AA Grapevine channel on YouTube. All things Grapevine are available at aagrapevine.org. If you want to know more about AA, Google Alcoholics Anonymous and your city or visit aa.org.